Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Well, who doesn't? Although we can't promise you superpowers, we can help you feel like a superhuman with our friends at Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition is making a huge difference in this community, and they have a new product that we absolutely love, pine pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their pine pollen is selling fast. It's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. Welcome back to Beyond Classified. I'm Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Micah Dank. From a young age, he wanted to be a writer, coming from a family of writers. His father was a producer and radio news editor at CBS News in Manhattan, and his grandfather was a producer at CBS News. He was an actor in high school and became interested in writing from his 12th grade English teacher, Russell Reed. From there, he majored in and earned his bachelor's degree in language literature and criticism, it wasn't until he moved to Boston for a new job that he became interested in all the esoteric sciences, including the astrology and astrotheology prevalent through his book series, Into the Rabbit Hole. Micah, welcome back. How you doing? I'm well, man. I'm good. Everything's really good. How are you? I'm excellent, man. It's great to have you back on. I love our conversations. Each time we learn a little bit more about the astrological nature of many ancient texts from Abrahamic religions, even much older texts of antiquity from around the world. Uh, always fascinating. How Actually, how many ancient texts have you now decoded since you started looking into all this stuff? Almost, almost all of them. Almost all I've of done the Epic of them. I've done the Epic of Gilgamesh. The Enuma Elish, the Quran, the Code of Hammurabi. I've done the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I've done all the Gnostic texts. I've done all. I've done the Apocrypha. Now I'm just making my way through the Bible. And you would say that they definitely all have the um, astrological roots system to them, right? Correct. Yeah, they all have the same patterns. Uh, now, I know that you said that you did the Book of Genesis, which I'd like to go over today. Uh, you've already gone over quite a few here on my show. Uh, have you done Enoch here yet? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. All right. We might have to touch a little bit on that. Uh, now, as far as your actual book series, how many uh, books are out now in this series? I know you have a new one, The so Unbegun. 
The Unbegotten, yeah. So the seventh one just came out and um, like a week and a half ago. And my eighth one is done already. It's just, uh, it's got to be, we're going to push it out later this year. And I'm starting to put ideas together for the ninth. Now, I don't know if I'm going to continue after that. I might end it at the ninth. Cause I've kind of, I wanted to stop it after three. Then I wanted to stop it after six and then I got seven, eight, nine out of it. So could you give us like a synopsis of the newest book? So this goes into all the astrotheology that we're talking about, but book seven, the continuation of into the rabbit hole. Five years later, a murder at the Kaaba in Mecca, two thieves and the purest gold that was ever created leads to the world's markets being destroyed. A device lays in waiting to cover the world in ash while the elites make their way to the underground cities they've created just for this moment. Against his better judgment, Graham, who is fully involved as a religious commentator, has a five-year-old son who is dragged back into murder, mystery, and one last chance to save the world. And the uh, your your work into the astrological and astrotheological ties into all these ancient texts, These also this also ties into your book series as well, right? Yeah, everything, yeah. Everything. All these esoteric sciences that I study, everything. Now, why do you think there is such a huge disconnect between the misunderstanding that people have, uh, whether it's a a literal understanding of the Bible or a more uh, just deeply spiritual understanding? Where did this misunderstanding come in? Uh, You know, how long ago do you think this happened, and what kind of process do you think it was? Around 325 AD at the Council of Nicaea. Okay. That's basically what happened because Constantine brought everything to literal Christianity and united everybody under one, the Romans and everything, under literal Christianity. Before that, in the 200s and the early 300s and the 100s, early Christians were known as Heliognostics. Okay. And Helios in Greek means sun, and Gnosis means knowing, sun knowers. So they were worshipers, they were sun worshipers. Now you said you've also decoded Gnostic texts. I'm I'm really fascinated by uh, the Gnostic mythos and the idea that we are a hijacked species. That something else, whether it's a spiritual entity, has hijacked our reality, our spirituality, and what we understand as God is actually a nefarious type of entity that keeps us enslaved in this reality. Uh, How is this different, or is it different, than any of the uh, Abrahamic texts you've decoded? Um, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much decoding it the same way with everything. Like I have a cipher that I use. I have a cipher that I use that I teach people all the time. I, I don't, you know, I don't want this to myself. I want everyone to have this. Um, so I show them the cipher, there's keywords that match up with the Zodiac. And then what you do is you'll find these keywords in the Gnostic text and in the Bible. And you'll find that they make patterns in the sky when you match them up to where they're supposed to be. The control system that we're in based off of all the misunderstandings of Abrahamic religions and ancient texts. This has become a massive um, kind of global network that has used the Bible and different uh, Abrahamic texts to create this control system that we're now under. What are the parallels that you've seen from what you've written in your books uh, to reality when it comes to this kind of new world order system? So I very much go into that whole thing with, with, with Klaus Schwab, with uh, the World Economic Forum, with, with all that kind of stuff. 
I go into it with it. Um, I don't stay away from it. I go into the Bohemian Grove. Um, I renamed it, you know, so that it wouldn't obviously stand out, but anybody that knows what it is knows what it is. Um, all that kind of stuff, the, the Denver airport, you know, everything. I, I blend all of that into my stories. You know, it's an interesting way to get get these things that people in the conspiracy community are like mocked about, kind of get it out to the public, you know, in a way for them to digest it easier. This um, type of um, cult or group, these globalists, they have a certain religious belief. They have uh, certain doctrines that they go off of. And many, uh, you know, it's, it's understood as Satanism to some. Uh, but I think it goes back to much uh, earlier, much different types of practices or spiritual practices. What is your understanding of what's going on as far as these elite kind of spiritual practices? Um, I don't know much, to be honest with you. I do know that the people at the top know the truth. I do know that. There's no way that they don't. When it comes to uh, what you've written in your books, as far as some of the ties to the agendas we're seeing right now, uh, especially these... Um, the population agenda, for one. I know you did a little presentation about the Guidestones. What can you tell us about that and its ties to your work, if any? So there are, I do talk about the Guidestones in two separate books. Uh, they make trips there and they find information there and then something happens to it in real life. My fourth book is called Pangea's Pandemic. I wrote it in 2017. It came out online right before COVID did. And the story was about uh, of, of a vaccine vector that was taken that when people would get injected with it, they would take their own lives. You know, so I wrote this story four years before the vaccine story happened. I had to put a disclaimer in it saying, you know, I, I didn't create this. I didn't start this, you know, I didn't, pre I, but yeah, no, I call, I predicted that. I knew the, the guidestones too. People are just waking up to this kind of stuff. Yeah, it seems that we're, you know, living in somewhat prophetic times and there is like a um, a globalist playbook based on the book of Revelations and other biblical texts that seem to be unfolding in the background, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I go into the book of Revelation too. All the books, when I tell you they're astrology-based, they're astrology-based. Let's get into it. Let's get into the book of Genesis. I know you were telling me you wanted to talk about that one early, and I don't think we've covered this one yet. We have the book of Genesis. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the 12 signs with you guys real quick, and I'm going to teach you the code words, okay, that match with – I didn't just make up words that go in with each sign. There's code words related to the sign. So Aquarius is the first that I talk about, which is Aquarius, which is represented by the man. So technically Aries begins the year, but I start in Aquarius because that's the beginning of our year. Uh, it goes back to the story of Zeus and the young boy, um, which I've got I've gone into previously. It's not really relevant right now, but so whenever you hear the word "son of man" or "man," because Aquarius is a sign of the man, baptism because this is how you baptize someone, water pitcher because there's a water pitcher, fountain because that's what a fountain would look like, stream, river, pond, lake, ocean, sea, all that watery stuff that's Aquarius, and Pisces is the mutable sign water. Pisces is actually a mutable water sign. So all the water examples like lie in Pisces too. Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. 
It's also the Passover or the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and it's called the resurrection of God's son. Okay, and in Jewish Passover, the angel of death passes over every house that doesn't have the lamb or the ram, Aries, the ram, the ram, blood, the ram's blood on their doorpost because the Jews are the people of Aries. Um, the firstborn sons get killed. So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, or ram's horn, you're talking about Aries. Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, or cow, cow being the female bull, um, you're talking about Taurus. Then Gemini. Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. So whenever you hear twins or brothers, uh, they're talking about Gemini. Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways-moving creature. So the sun starts rising a degree on its axis on December 25th. On December 26th, it'll rise another degree, and it keeps rising an additional degree every single day until it hits June 21st. That's its height. That's the summer solstice. Then what happens is it stays at that height for three extra days, hence walking sideways like the crab. And then on June 25th, it lowers a degree. Okay. And it continues to lower a degree till it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice, where it will then stay at that height for three days and then rise again on December 25th. And the sun does this pattern every year. Okay. So the crab in ancient Egyptian time was known as the scarab. So whenever you hear crab or beetle, they're talking about cancer. Then Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you hear lion, lioness, or cub, you're talking about Leo. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So you remember before when you're saying that you plant in Taurus, well, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So all grainy things are Virgo because that's when you cultivate it. Virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, grainy things. That's when you cultivate in Virgo. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. Libra is also wine season, which is when you plant the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine here. Libra is also olive oil season. You press the olives in Libra to get the oil. Okay. Incidentally, frankincense and myrrh are both olive plants as well. So that ties into it in the New Testament. Um, so basically, all law-related things, law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, that's Libra. Wine, vineyard, wine, press, grapes, juice, that's Libra too. And olive oil or olive oil, that would be Libra too. Scorpio is the scorpion. He is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death, and it's why Judas, I mean, Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. Okay, he betrayed him with a kiss. So the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally, in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. This is where the sun dies. Why? Because on December 21st, the sun is at its lowest point. It cannot rise any lower. It's dead. It's the dead of winter. It remains at that lowest level for three days, which is why Jesus, the son of God, was dead for three days. Then on December 25th is his birthday. Because the sun rises a degree and starts to make its way all the way back up. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, or horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. 
Finally, you have Capricorn because he likes to climb the mountain. So if you look at the zodiac wheel on the right, you see Capricorn at the bottom and Cancer on top. This is how a zodiac wheel should look because that's that's accurate. Okay. Now the goat is Capricorn, which is all the way at the bottom. The sun starts climbing all the way at the bottom and it goes to the left all the way up to the top of Cancer and then comes all the way down again. Okay. It starts to climb up the mountain just like the goats. And that's why Capricorn is the goat. So those are my 12 signs. Well, they're not mine. You know what I mean. Right. Chris, but... Decipher. What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? Now, I want, uh, want to get your take on this. Do you have any insights into the aspect of human sacrifice and how this became either a misunderstanding or just something that always was. Uh, and we know it's been integrated, of course, into uh, different Abrahamic religions and probably still used in some uh, elite circles. What do you think right. about that? So you got, uh, you're talking about, um, you're talking about human sacrifice, right? Yeah. The idea behind human sacrifice goes, it's, it's biblical, but it goes back a little bit further back to that. The idea of human sacrifice goes back to the fact that uh, when the Old Testament was first written, okay, when you did something bad, when you sinned, when you when you wronged your father or whenever you did something, right, you had to sacrifice an animal, okay? And God in the Bible is very specific and tells you what animals. Now, he always usually tells you it's a bull, it's a lamb, it's a ram, it's a goat, okay, it's a sheep, but that's basically Taurus, Capricorn, and Aries. Okay. So he usually tells you that. Um, now what happens is when the new Testament comes along, okay, they've been sacrificing animals. That's how they make their penance. It smells good to the Lord. You know, all this. So in the new Testament, Jesus comes around and he takes the sacrifice on himself. Okay. So that's the idea behind it is that he's killed his blood being shed he takes all the sins of the world. Okay. So you no longer now need animal sacrifices. Okay. Because you have Jesus in the place for that. Right. Where the human comes in is there's always been human sacrifices. Okay. But they used to be because there hasn't been rain in three months and we need the rain god to come so let's sacrifice someone they had there was there was a thought process it was a, it was a messed up one but there was a thought process did you ever see the story of that girl that they found that inca or that mayan girl from from the 1500s in a in a uh, it was she's like fully mummified oh, yeah 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 she looks exactly like she's like alive mm. 
and yeah. she's what 600 years old right see she was a human sacrifice uh and i know that uh, you know, at the they, bohemian grove what they do is they they burn an effigy of a child right they burn an effigy of a child and I think the idea is, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but the the more potency of your blood sacrifice from a uh, you know smaller animal to larger animal to actually human would actually have um, would yield better results for whatever you're sacrificing for, right? Absolutely. So I'm not going to assume that you guys who are listening remember the keywords or all of them. I'm not, but I'm going to reinforce them, and they're going to sound familiar enough to you that you're like, oh, I remember him saying that. Okay, so we'll do that. The Lord's covenant with Abram, look up at the sky and count the stars as if indeed you can count them. So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, goat, and a ram, each three years old. Well, a heifer is a cow, which is the female bull, that's Taurus. The goat is Capricorn, the ram is Aries. Now Taurus, the bull, or the cow, and Aries, the ram, those are connecting signs on the zodiac. So it makes distinct pattern there. He will be a wild donkey of a man, and he will live in hostility towards his brothers. So the dust, the donkey is a Celis Borealis. That's the name of the constellation called Donkey, a Celis Borealis, which is located in Cancer. And the brothers are Gemini, the twins, the brothers. Cancer and Gemini are connecting signs. So again, it makes another pattern. Quick, he said, get three seeds, about 36 pounds, of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran... Sorry. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf had been prepared. So the bread is Virgo, the lady with the wheat stalk, remember? The calf is Taurus, the bull. The milk comes from the Milky Way galaxy, okay, who's in Sagittarius. Now, the Milky Way galaxy has been the Milky Way galaxy since, since the Egyptian Book of the Dead, at least, that I found it. Okay, it's literally been called that. So the Milky Way galaxy, it centers in Sagittarius. So if you connect the firmaments between Sagittarius and Scorpio with the firmament between Taurus and Gemini, they become opposing signs. So there's ways you could bend the Zodiac too to make connections that normally wouldn't be there as opposing signs or connecting signs. Now you can connect it at other points. Then Abimelech bought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. So the sheep is Aries, the cattle is Taurus. They're connecting signs. The male and female are Aquarius and Virgo which connected their firmaments as opposing signs. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. The water is Aquarius and the archer, Sagittarius, the man with the bow and the arrow, is Sagittarius. Okay, so you see how these patterns just, they're in every single book that we talk about. Yeah, man. Uh, now, I don't want to get too far uh, kind of off your presentation a bit, but what do you think about the nature of space and the planets and the sun and the fact that, you know, we cannot get a straight answer out of NASA, that they lie everything about everything. We have great researchers. You know, I'm no way a flat earther, but I am in no way a traditional space model guy either. There's been so much trickery and so many lies and everything that NASA shows us is fakery. Well, that being said, where does that leave, uh, leave us with what's actually going on beyond our atmosphere? I, I kind of believe that we aren't able to go beyond our atmosphere i just want to get uh, your thoughts on that real quick. technology for it yet we would have if they let tesla's work come through mm. they would have not if, if the cia didn't hijack or the fbi didn't hijack all of nikola tesla's work we, we would be in the stars by now 
Forget about it. Between him and Musk, forget it. We would have. Um, but he didn't let the free energy come. He had a free energy machine. Mm-hmm. It was called a wider, wider cliff tower or a Tesla coil or whatever you want to call it. Uh, free energy. They, they, they took it all in. Um, there's an app on your phone that you can get. I know you don't have an uh, iPhone. No, yeah. I have a- but if you have an iPhone, it's called Skyview Lite. And what it is, is it's a camera. And you point it at the sky. And what it does is it shows you all the constellations and the stars that are in that area. You can put, you could turn it 360 degrees. You could point it down. It'll tell you what stars are there. It's wonderful. It's, it's the most amazing thing. And to my knowledge, that is so benign as far as it's being used that I don't think anybody's on top of it. Yeah. The um, what, what we're told about space and planets and even the moon is close to reality. I mean, do you think that there that we've even been to the moon? Are these actual kind of physical uh, physical planets or, or are they more of like a plasma type of illumination that we're seeing that well, we don't even are. understand? <coughs> they are. Jupiter's all gas. Right. Jupiter's all gas. Um yeah. It's hard to explain why astrology works to people, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It's hard to explain it, but the best way I can explain it is this. Whether you're a literal creationist or whether you are a evolutionist or a big bang, I should say, sorry, creationist or a big, or, or a big bang, we all started at that infinitesimally small particle together. Okay. And we, we shot out, we shot out, we shot out. Mm. And, um, we're all connected because of that, okay? Because people are asking why the stars, well, in our blood, we have iron and that could have only come from a dying star, okay? So we all, we have elements in our body that we share with the planets and everything. These pla- There's a number in the Bible, seven. Seven, it comes up a lot. And when they talk about seven, they usually mean one of two things. When, when they say seven crowns and seven horns and seven tails, and when they say that kind of stuff, okay? Right. The seven are the chakras. Okay, because there is influence from the outside. And the seven is also because they only knew seven planets at the time. See, back at in a year uh, 148 AD, Ptolemy or 150 AD, Ptolemy, the writer, listed the 48 constellations they knew at the time. We know there's 88 now. But at the time, they only knew about 48. Okay, and they only knew there were seven planets. And Saturn was a lot closer to us than it is now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that um, kind of the uh, electrical model that, uh, and, and that our planets could have been in different, much different positions. Uh, well, that's what they did. They saw stuff flying around in the sky. They saw stuff moving. They saw shooting stars. They saw this. They saw that. And the parents would tell the children these fantastic stories with dragons and talking donkeys and all this kind of stuff, right? So they would tell them all these fantastic stories. Kids would grow up. They'd tell it to their kids. Then one day, someone figured out how to write. So they wrote it down. Okay? And then it becomes the basis of the holy books. But basically, it's the same stuff. It's always the stars and the gods. All right. That's fascinating, man. All right. We can move forward. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering offering instead of his son. 
This is an important moment in the Bible and in life. Up until this time, people were still making human sacrifices to God. We were just talking about this. Mm. Okay. This transfers the practice to animals. Okay. So you originally have the human sacrifice and then you have um, Abraham about to kill his son, Isaac, and then sees a ram. So he transfers the onus onto the animal. Then it'll evolve in the New Testament from transferring from the animal to Jesus. Okay. So the ram, especially the ram, why the ram? Why is it so important that it's the ram? Well, the ram is Aries. The Jews blow the ram's horn to the sky and temple on the holidays. You know, this is, they still do this stuff. Um, the ram was the age of Aries and Abraham was in. Okay. And that's basically it. We went over that. Isaac and Rebecca. He had the camel's knees down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time women go out to draw water. The camel is a constellation called Camelopardalis. It's a combination of two words. It's camelos, which means camel, and pardalis, which means leopard. Okay? The giraffe, when it first came out, used to be called the camel leopard. Doesn't that kind of make sense if you think about it? Yeah. That was its original name, which sits in Gemini. This is also an important distinction. The woman go draw the water. It was a female job. Men wouldn't be caught dead drawing water. So when we get to it later, the disciples ask Jesus where to find him. And he tells them to meet a man with a water pitcher in town. That would never happen unless he was talking about Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher. You see, men wouldn't carry water. It was not a man's job. A lot of African tribes right now, women still carry the water. It hasn't evolved past that. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Well, we went over all these already, but the sheep is Aries. The cattle is Taurus. Those are connecting signs. The male and the female servants, Aquarius and the man, the man and Virgo, the woman, connecting signs at the firmament. Camel is Camelopardalis in Gemini, connecting sign of Taurus. Donkey is a Celis Borealis in Cancer, connecting sign of Gemini. So now it's making not only a pattern, but a chain in the sky. Okay. Four connecting signs, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. They are all opposing signs or connecting signs. Just this little passage. This little passage right here has all that astrology buried in it. What is what do you think the underlying message of like just for example a passage like this would be when combining all these astrological messages into it? So there's a slide that I show that I'm going to show you right now. The Bible is made up of what's known as the seven holy sciences. It's metaphysical, astrological. That's what I focus on. That's what I teach. That's what I've been studying 10 years on. The anatomical Okay, the alchemical, the spiritual, the esoteric, and the mythology. Those are the seven holy sciences. For everything that I do, I'm only doing one of the seven. Mm. Okay, it is more information than you can learn in a lifetime. Okay, and I read for four hours a day. Right. Okay, they are literally not historical, literal, reality, or original. The Bible is not any of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's important for people to know that. You know, it's a hard pill to swallow. Believe me, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance and shaking and anger. But it's better to know the truth because it'll yeah. really set you free. You don't have to worry about hell or Satan or Lucifer or Baphomet or any of that kind of stuff because it's all been misused and misrepresented and they're not even real. Right. 
Well, yeah, and and now um, in in the past few years, we've been seeing I think less and less. Um, push towards any kind of christian or catholic religion and more of a well, that's because uh, materialistic we're of, that's because we're in the, we're in the age of aquarius now mm-hmm. Where, the way i put it this way okay so the age of taurus was the egyptians right they had uh hieroglyphs of the bull with the horns and the sun between it they were telling you they were worshiping the sun and taurus all over the hieroglyphs then they fade in number and the jews come on in aries you know, it's the ram. That's why they blow the ram's horn. That's why on Passover plate, they have a lamb shank bone. Okay. Now they start to fade the Jewish people in numbers after the, after the age of Aries and Christianity, Pisces, the two fish comes up. That's why Jesus feeds the masses with two fish. That's why you go to church and Aquarius, the man, he's called the son of man. Uh, fit the Pisces, the two fish. He's known as the fisherman of men. And that's why he feeds the masses with two fish. Uh, Aries, the lamb, the ram, he's called the lamb of god or the good shepherd right so and i can keep going he's got all these names that are that are related to that right on uh yeah well we can move forward but i want to ask you this jesus do you think this was an actual person or um something um i i explain it kind of like okay like i have a main character I have, a, I have seven books that are out. I have a seven. I have a, I basically have an open-ended publishing deal with my publisher. They'll print, they'll print whatever I want. Literally. I could give them a book and they'll be like, all right, we're sending it out. So I'm in a really good place with them. You know, I like them a lot. They're really good. Mm. Um, but um, ask me the question one more time. Jesus. I was getting your thoughts on, is it real person or is he a real person? So I tell people like in my books, my main character, he's based on someone loosely that's that's what it is with jesus of course they took some you don't just imagine flesh out of nowhere you kind of give them a person and then and then change them a little bit right but he definitely didn't exist he's a solar deity he's the sun god mm-hmm. he's the, the sun god but yeah no that's those are that's the code that i use right. that's the code that i came up with um and you can you can use it on any religious book not only any religious book but any ancient holy book like the quran the enuma elish the, the enuma elish the uh, epic of gilgamesh the book of the dead the code of hammurabi the quran whatever it, it still works now if if we could i'd like to go over just a little bit of a couple of those books you've uh, mentioned and i saw that you did a little decoding of ezekiel and ezekiel's wheel <laughs> there's many in this community that are you know all in that this was a, a story about a giant UFO, but I want to get your take on it. Ezekiel's wheel? Yes. I literally just did this. Hold on. So Ezekiel, when he turned 30, he saw God. That's what Ezekiel 1 says. Okay. Now Jesus started at 30. Okay. And in Genesis 32, 30, 30, at the end, 30, okay, references Jacob in the pineal gland. So this picture to the right of Ezekiel is what's known as the tetramorph. Okay. It's a four headed animal. It's got a lion's head, a man, a bull and an eagle. Okay. Now <clears throat> the lion is Leo. The bull is Taurus. The eagle is the ascendant of Scorpio. And the man is Aquarius. Okay. The reason that's important that they show that is because they're the four fixed signs of the season. What do I mean? Fixed signs of the Zodiac. They're fixed signs of astrology. 
they're fixed because they're fixed in their season. That's why um, you have lion, you have Leo. Okay. Who's in the middle of summer, uh, the Eagle or Aquarius, I'm sorry, the Eagle or Scorpio uh, is, is the fall. Aquarius is the man that's winter and the bulls Taurus that's spring. Okay. Now next to the tetramorph, you'll see that you have to, I wish you could zoom in a little bit more, but it's okay. Yeah, um, basically that, that's, that's what's supposed to be Ezekiel's wheel. That's supposed to be, some people say that it's uh, eight, it's uh, angels because the, the eyes alongside the thing. Um, some people say a bunch of things to be honest with you, but that's to me, that's the, the wheel that's the Zodiac wheel. Now, if you scroll up a little bit too, you'll see something that's interesting. Okay. You'll see God in the sun. Okay, because they're telling you that God was the sun. Okay, they tell you this through this. They're, the teacher doesn't come out and just tell you this is the truth. Okay, they build it into everything they do, whether it's writing, whether it's masonry, whether it's whatever they do, they, they encode all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, it reminds me of my favorite quote from John Dominic Croissant. He says, it's not that the ancient people told literal stories and we're not smart enough to take them symbolically. It's that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. Right. Now, is this what do you think is probably considered um, knowledge that they would be teaching initiates in uh, magical orders? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But to my knowledge... There's not a whole lot of us out here talking about astrotheology. Mm. Well, I know it's just such a huge part of everything of our reality. Uh, numerology is connected. It's It yep. dictates a lot of our future events and the way things actually unfold in reality based on the position of the stars. And it's, it's very incredible, especially when, even when you just look at things like a birth chart, um, you know, I've done mine quite a few times with different astrologers and it's incredible every time how accurate, uh, the information comes out to be. Yep. Yeah, the stars don't lie. Dan, Dan Rudyard said um, astrology is a language. If you understand it, the sky speaks to you. Yeah, a hundred percent. You mentioned the book of Enoch. I don't think we've covered anything from the book of Enoch, but people's biggest takeaway from that is, of course, giants and, uh, you know, angels came down, mated with uh, earth women because, you know, they all love the earth women. And then uh, giants were born from them. And these these were this were the Nephilim come in and they were evil creatures that were uh, that had to be exterminated. Go ahead. Nephilim are mentioned in Gen- uh, the Nephilim are mentioned in one of the first four Bible books of the Bible. Mm. The Nephilim are mentioned. It's not just the Book of Enoch. Right. Uh, the Egyptian, not the Egyptians, the Ethiopians, they have a complete Bible. They have all the books in it, including the Book of Enoch, which they revere. Okay. The story behind Enoch is basically you have all these. There's a point in the Bible where it goes, and this person lived 350 years. He begat two sons, then he died at 495 or whatever. Right. You have a couple, you have like a couple of pages of that. When it gets to Enoch, okay, it says he lived 348 years and he was not, for God took him. Okay. So for, for Jesus, for Elijah, for Enoch, they all get brought up alive to heaven. Okay. Now, now Enoch eventually becomes Metatron. 
which I don't really go into. Uh, but for the most part, um, it's a very prolific book. It's a very prolific book. But again, at its heart, it's astrology. It's it's a beautiful thing whenever you can get a better understanding of what you're looking at with these ancient texts. And you can actually apply it to things like astrology and look at the stars and see results. Uh, it's pretty incredible. I want to get your take on with a lot of people have been looking into this. This is kind of a relatively new idea of uh, the Tartarian idea where we were reset uh, multiple times, but not only that, kind of more recently in our history than men, than most think. You know, maybe not thousands of years, maybe only a couple hundred years ago, we had a massive by, cataclysm. What do you mean by reset? Well, I'm talking about a massive cataclysm that would wipe out a large percentage of life on this planet, uh, say a large cataclysm that was known about by these elite circles because they follow the stars so well, and they were prepared for it and reset humanity maybe even a couple hundred years ago based on the evidence of like mud flood and the types of buildings and things like the World's Fair and all these strange coincidences that come up when you look into that stuff. What do you think about that? I I didn't get too deep into the mud floods in Tartaria. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this right now, every 15,000 years or every 12 to 15,000 years, we have a great reset. We have a complete change, whether it's a pole shift, um, whether it's a freeze, whether everything just gets singed um, every 12 to 15,000 years. The last one we had uh, was about 10,500 years ago in Egypt which is when the Sphinx was built. Mm. Okay. The Sphinx was built back then. The interesting thing about the Sphinx is if you look at the backside of it, it's, it's smooth. The back stones are smooth. It's not coarse. You would think that being hit by sand forever, it would be coarse, but it's not. So what happened? Well, the last time there was water there was 12,000 years ago. Okay. So 12,000 years ago, um, there was a, there was the ice age there. Okay, and then the water melted, or the snow melted, and the ice melted, and then it ran on the back of the Sphinx forever. That, and if you look at the Sphinx, the direction it was facing, okay, 12,000 years ago would have been the constellation Leo, would have been looking at itself. Hmm. And that's exactly how they would have built it back in the day. Right. That is another just amazing fact of these ancient sites from around the world that line up with the sun, with the stars, uh, places that, you know, completely opposite places from around the world that have similarities in not only the construction uh, and how they were built, but the way they line up with certain astrological signs. That takes some pretty, uh, pretty advanced knowledge of the stars, I would think. Absolutely. You look at things like the Antikythera mechanism, which turned out to be a giant early computer for that. Gobaki Tepe which is an astronom- astrological observatory, astronomical observatory. They just found out Stonehenge was too. You know, you have uh, June 21st, the summer solstice between the rocks. You have, they all knew this stuff. They had very good knowledge of this stuff. Right. Well, that, you know, kind of opens up to many different conversations of how they had this advanced knowledge without telescopes. Maybe they did have telescopes, but I, I happen to believe that 
We did have very advanced technology, probably a lot different than we would think of advanced technology today, maybe not computers or cars or, uh, you know, airplanes or things of that nature, but more of a practical type of advanced technology. For example, you know, if you Google when uh, tuning forks uh, were invented, they'll tell you the late 1800s. There's hieroglyphs with people holding giant tuning forks. You know what tuning forks used to be used for? You'd make a tuning fork and it would resonate at a certain vibration when you hit it. Okay. Mm. So you know the knowledge for that. So you make it at a certain one. You link that up to the vibration of the limestone. Then you put it on there, you tap it. They vibrate at the same pace. It cuts through it like butter. That's how they were able to make all these round holes going through giant stones. Man, that yeah, because sense. they knew this stuff about um, tuning forks. And I, I think f- I write about that in my book too. There's a scene in it where he uses it. Now, I forget who it was. There's a researcher that um, believes that certain sounds and frequencies can open up secret chambers in, say, the Great Pyramid or uh, other megalithic sites in Egypt that if you I, can hit a certain a frequency. Idea. Go ahead. That's not a crazy idea. I wouldn't know where to begin with it, but that's not a crazy idea for me. Right. Um, You do know that uh, the 432, the harmonic frequency that all musicians used to tune to, was changed to 440. Mm -hmm. You know, you know this. You're a musician. Yeah. You know they changed this. You want to know some of the people who still used 432? Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson. You see a pattern with this? Yeah, for sure. All the greatest, man. That's that's incredible. Yeah. I think that. yeah all sound and frequency it like you said it was probably used for much more than we could ever imagine even like building it heals it heals it heals melodies it heals Mm -hmm. um maladies it's healing 111 hertz is a healing frequency and then you have other things like the organ box that came out 100 years ago which would heal things and people got rid of it you know about that yeah yeah I mean, and all these, all those other. Um, every time we want to move forward with something, we're held back because of money. That's what it is. It's because of money. It's because you're going to put big oil out, or you're going to put big pharma out, or you're going to put someone out. That's why it is. It's for money. That's why we drag our feet. Right. They had electric. They had electric uh, charging stations 120 years ago in Manhattan. Well, that's why all these people who come up with free energy devices end up dead, and that's why we're still using the same technology that we've been using for – Like Stanley uh, Meyer and the water yeah. car? Yeah, exactly. Man, it, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I think that a lot of people already have these free energy things. They're just terrified to come out because they know the consequences. I had a guy email me. He wanted to talk to me, but he didn't want to give me his name. He didn't want to come on my show. He just wanted to tell me what he was doing, and it was incredible. It was another water-powered device, and I only got two emails from him. I tried to email him back. I never heard from him. He was terrified because that someone was after him. So people, this is what people have to deal with whenever you want to come up with your own stuff, and it's for the betterment of humanity. You have to worry about getting offed. Another aspect of today and things that are unfolding right now that are that some believe are connected to ancient texts, um, occult practices, even the Bible, and that's the alchemical transformation uh, and merging of man with machine with the transhuman era. It it's steaming along. I mean, the the metaverse is still coming. 
AI is uh, probably more powerful than ever. It's definitely dictated the censorship during this whole pandemic thing. It's dictated a lot of things that are going on in social media and news and our lives and who knows how long it's been doing so. Uh, and recently with the Google Lambda, there's the guy who uh, was working with it said it became sentient. So we've got all these crazy hey, things that are happening. What's that? I'm not even worried about any. You know what I'm worried about? What's that? Have you ever heard of Aladdin? No, what's that? You said Aladdin? It's the AI that Aladdin, yeah. Uh -huh. Like 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 the character Aladdin. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a um it's an acronym. Okay. And uh it's the AI that runs BlackRock. Yeah, I'd be terrified of that one too. When it comes to the transhuman agenda and um, occult aspects and, and spiritual in implications of what's happening, do you have any insights into that, into the alchemical transformation of man and merging with machine and things that have been written in ancient antiquity, te texts of antiquity? I think that it's a natural consequence that we're not going to be able to stop. Um, like I mentioned, remember the bull, was the, bull, the bull was the Egyptians, Taurus. The Jews were the rams. The Christians were the fish. We're the sign of the man now. We're Aquarius. Mm -hmm. It's the sign of the betterment of the man, to improve the man. And that's how they see it. That's how they see it. That's how they interpret the sign of Aquarius now. It's the man. It's, it's the evolution of man. It's, 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 it's what all these nerds are talking about at the Bilderberg Group and at the Trilateral Commission. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what they're talking about. It's what they're, 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 they're having a feast over at the Bohemian Grove about. Um, it's about the betterment of man, and it's not. We're not supposed to live forever, okay? We're not supposed to. There's something wrong with the idea of downloading a consciousness. But then you can go into beyond that. I mean, look what Meta's doing right now with their Meta with their universe. You know, there's 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 reports of women who are saying that they're being like sexually attacked on the metaverse. Yeah, you know, it's sick. It's sick that these people are so plugged into their own asshole. Well, that they don't they know want. what's going on. They want you to plug in and probably siphon off you somehow while you're plugged into there. Uh, they're experimenting with psychedelics, so they want your experience to be um, kind of seamless with whatever is, is happening now. So it's pretty terrifying. I don't think that um, these these globalist elitists are going to get their dream world of this transhuman well, world because it's crumbling. It's falling apart, man. They, you think they're moving too fast? What, what do you think is going on there? Well, they just said they were going to speed up Agenda 30, 2030, right? Mm. Didn't they just say that? <coughs> Klaus Schwab's with his thing. Bill Gates buying up the farmland. The Georgia Guidestones going down. Um, there was a huge explosion at the Hoover Dam. Um, you think these are connected in All in this stuff way? that's going on. I'd be surprised if they're not. Mm. Well, the, the Guidestones is a weird thing, man. I, I mean, I've seen the videos. Why did they destroy the whole thing after? Is this some kind of, you know, <laughs> ritual to where they have to destroy it to make things come to fruition? There's some weird stuff about it. Or was this an act of uh, vandalism based well, have on... You ever heard of, have you ever heard of Revelation of the Method? Yeah, of course. 
Okay, good. So I'm not going to explain it. Okay. But revelation of the method is basically what it is. They have to show us what they're doing. And we have to see it because it offsets the bad karma. Karma is the only truth out there. Karma is the only thing aside from mathematics that runs the universe. Karma is real. Okay. And if they don't show us what they're doing and they just abuse us, they have to pay back that karma. Right. Well, it, I think that it is there's whatever they're trying to accomplish right now. Isn't working is crumbling. Well, I like to get, different guests take on the amount or um, if we are the majority I'm talking when I say we free thinkers uh, people who will be on the right side of history uh, not the woke not going along with uh, the agendas like mindless zombies uh, people who are have been going through an awakening process and do know the uh, the agendas and are familiar with uh, some of the conspiratorial aspects. Do you think that we have become the majority? Uh, I talk to a lot of people who talk to a lot of people, and it seems pretty positive uh, in that aspect. Because at the heart of every conspiracy theorist, they want the truth out, and they want people to be safe. Okay, they don't run off this fear based shit that they do. Okay, you know what Picasso said? He said that the, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And that's what you're doing right now with your music and with your podcast. That's what I'm doing with my books and my works. You know, we all gravitate when you wake up, when you, not when you woke, when you wake up, when you take the red pill and you see what's really going on out there, um, you're drawn to share and, and, and show people. You know, there's just such a gatekeeping right now between with these people who, who let you think that they're crazy. That's why I wrote a fiction book. I wrote a fiction book about the world that we live in now. Um, and I put all the true stuff in it. Yeah. You know, that's what I basically did, because that's how I'm going to reach people. You know, this is how you're going to reach people. Yeah, I am encouraged by all the wonderful people that I see doing things like writing books and starting their own podcasts and starting new forms of music and entertainment. It's blown up in the past couple of years uh, because people are realizing they, they want real entertainment again. They want the truth and they want genuine people doing it. Uh, and that is the revolution that we're having right now. So it makes me very excited and I love to see what's happening there. Micah. We're good. We're good. We're a good. We're a good net group of people. I mean, you know, um, you know Lindsay Sharman, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, she's Rogue Ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Rogue Ways. Um, her AC broke. Her AC broke a couple weeks ago, and I sent her money through PayPal, and then a bunch of other people sent her money through PayPal, and it was fixed. Our community is so good to each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, we're genuine people who aren't a part of this uh, this false reality that's been been put upon us, and it's becoming it's falling apart. You know, the matrix is failing, and we're starting to come through. So it's a great time to be alive, I believe. Micah, this was fantastic as usual. Before you head out, let the audience know where they can find your books, uh, website, sure. social media, all the good stuff. I'm on. You just look up Micah Dank on YouTube. I have all my work there. Um, Facebook and Instagram, which I'm both shadow banned on for like 90 days. Um, Micah Dank. Twitter is at real Mr. Dank, spell out Mr. Um, I'm also proud to announce 
that uh, do you know uh, the leak project? Yeah, Rex. Rex is giving me my own show on the leak project. Oh hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. So yeah. I'm doing that. I'm teaching for Santos Spinochi Syncretism Society. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to Iconic. I did a, a couple episodes with Richard Willett. I might be doing something with them, but I don't know yet. Um, just stay busy, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned Santos. I got to get back in touch with him. We were supposed to schedule for August, and I got too much shit going on. So thanks for mentioning that. Awesome, dude. You got some great stuff going on. I love it, and we're definitely going to get back together and do this again soon. Yeah, we'll do Enoch. Remind me. Yeah, we'll do that one next time. You got my number. Just you got my number. Just text me and be like, "Hey, I got some free time. Let's do something." Awesome, man. All right. Till next time, everyone. Have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. We'll see y'all then.